Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Passes to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 50. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in. For a touchdown. Wow. Reese, quick throw. Sanders got there. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. And welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm John Hendricks alongside Terrence Copper. Man, Terrence, um, things are rolling around across the NFL. It's kind of surreal. You have the Tom Brady news. I'm over here in Mobile with the Senior Bowl covering it. Um, That's been crazy in itself. So, I guess let's start back uh, at some of the your reactions from the championship games and kind of weigh in a little bit about what you saw. And are you surprised that the Bengals made it? Are you surprised at Tom Brady finally hanging up? I mean, what's going on there? <laughs> you know, what? I'm surprised that I'm not surprised that the Bengals made it, but I'm surprised that the Chiefs got out coached again. And when mm. I say again, the last time they played the Bengals. Uh, the Chiefs went into halftime up big. Uh, same thing. At one point, this game, during the, in the playoffs, the Chiefs was up 21-3 uh, to three at one point. You know, so and for, and for the, the Bengals to go into the locker room, make halftime adjustments, and come out and dominate the second half in both games they played during the regular season and this game, you know, it's, it's crazy that the Chiefs would have allowed that to happen. You know, so uh, my hat go off to the Bengals. Did I expect them to be there? I didn't expect them, but I could see them getting there, but I didn't expect the Chiefs to get – I guess I wouldn't say outcoached, but I kind of think they got outcoached because they didn't make the proper adjustments after the Bengals made adjustments because you got to make a counter-adjustment as well once the team makes the adjustment. Uh, and it never happened, and it never happened. So I was surprised, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, and how about them leaving points on the board, you know, off the board on uh, right before halftime? I mean, that was a pretty gutsy decision, but you could at least got three there. I mean, that's that's this is crazy that and I mean, again, aggressive, try to put them away, all that type of stuff. But, you know, look, it's uh, sometimes those coaching moves come back to bite you. And that was a prime example. And then, you know, you have all the spark and controversy of the overtime rules, but. You know, Mahomes threw that pick, and I, I was talking to some Chiefs guys here at the senior poll, and they're like, oh, we know, we know. We said, we know Chiefs history, and some of these people are newer. And I'm like, yeah, I remember the days of Marty Schottenheimer and all those other types of things. I mean, you you, you just know how this thing kind of plays out. So unfortunate, mm-hmm. but, man, hats off to the Bengals. They hard fought, and I think we've talked about it a little bit, but, you know, they're reminiscent of the 2006 Saints is, is kind of what I feel like in a lot of ways, and just the way they keep fighting through and they just don't give up and just a lot of their character on their team besides Eli Apple, man. What a crazy clown, huh? <laughs> Without getting too much in the weeds. Man, this guy just runs Twitter and just runs his mouth. But, no, but for real, they they earned it, and it, it was um, – it was good to see them do it. And then on the other side, NFC, man, the Rams, they finally get in. I, they they definitely earned that one, didn't they? Oh, they definitely earned that one. I didn't I didn't expect – I felt like it was going to be the 49ers that was going to have to make a comeback uh, to beat them. But it, was, it ended up being the 49ers having the lead and the Rams making the comeback. But to me, the biggest play of that game was when the interception was dropped. I forgot the safety name mm, for, the, yep. for the 49ers. 
when that interception was dropped, one thing we always and coaches always harp on this, especially in the NFL, you cannot drop picks. Uh, and mm. there's there's statistics out there that if you drop an interception that that should have been a pick and you allow that quarterback, because all these quarterbacks are elite quarterbacks, these offenses are elite offenses, and the NFL is built for the offense to succeed, especially how the rules come in where you can't touch receivers after five yards and different things like that. So the rules have changed, and I'm not going to say they changed to help the offense, but it definitely is an advantage for the offense. So for, for you to drop an interception, and we're always harping on, you cannot drop picks because you cannot allow these teams to get back on the field to have another opportunity when you could have took it away right then. And it's like percentages out there. There are statistics out there. there there's a certain percentage. If you drop a pick, that the percentage of that team scoring on that drive goes through the roof. You know, so uh, that was the biggest thing. To me, that was a changing point. Uh, him dropping that interception because he could have sealed, he could have really sealed the, their fate with that interception that he dropped. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, Boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. I mean, Kyle Shanahan could have ran so much clock off. I mean, here's just the thing mm-hmm. is, is you get the ball. I mean, I, I, it'd be hard for the Rams to, to have to rally and stuff. But, you know, that's just how it plays out, man. The NFL got what they want. Uh, uh, definitely uh, uh, out of all those games. I mean, you know, one overtime, one come down to the final drive. I mean, that's kind of what you want. And these playoffs have been for the most part, pretty exciting, except for some of the wild card games. And so mm-hmm. that's uh, sets up a really interesting Super Bowl between the Bengals and Rams. Obviously Rams are going to be able to play in their own stadium. So that'll be interesting in itself. They don't have to go anywhere, but you know, hats off to Cincy. And I thought we were going to get a, a, a Super Bowl three between the Bengals and 49ers for sure, but <laughs> didn't work out that way, but Hey man, it's uh it's football and just shows that you just need a chance. And, you know, obviously that's not the only development developments that's gone across the NFL. Um, you know, Tom Brady retires, man, the NFC yeah. South is wide open now. I think in, um, you know, maybe it's old West or I joked, it's kind of like a Mad Max feel to it, but you know, we can't do Tom Brady justice, but you know, just maybe some of your thoughts on Tom Brady finally deciding to retire and hang it up. You know, I think it is, I think everybody, not just myself, but everybody that had a chance to watch him in his 22 years, we should be thankful uh, that we was able to witness greatness, uh, in person, live and on TV, whether whether it was guys like myself that played against him, because truthfully, the only personal experience I had with Tom Brady is getting beat by him. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and every time we played them, no matter what team I was on, we got beat, you know, so. Uh, but my hat goes off to Tom Brady, all his accomplishments. I'm just thankful I was able to play against him and able to witness how great he really is, because there never there's never going to be another quarterback that does that did what he did. In my lifetime, I don't think so. Not in my lifetime. Right. I think it's the generational talent. I think for me, because I grew up, you know, uh, late 80s and early 90s. And for me, it's always I think some of the comparisons for me are like Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith. Like 
those are two, two of the best running backs I've ever seen in my life, you know, and I just mm-hmm. don't think anybody's ever going to get up to that level. And I mean, sure you have things that, that come up and, and you get p- players that kind of spark and shine like your Adrian Peterson's or your Chris Johnson's, but you know, they kind of diminish, but you know, Emmett had a, an outstanding career. That's why he's in the hall of fame. Barry Sanders was just amazing to watch. I mean, a walking Houdini, if you will. And, you know, I think it's comparable to, to Tom Brady for sure, but Brady was just in a, a class of his own and, Man, you know, you can't deny all those Super Bowl rings he has. I mean, you look at all these greatest quarterbacks that ever played. I mean, he's definitely probably top one <laughs> easily or top yeah. two if you want to throw in the debates with Joe Montana or something along that lines. But, man, it's a, it's a new era in the NFL. And, you know, for him to play as long as he did, that's just outstanding for somebody like that to play. But, man, it's uh, – Again, leaves the NFC South the wide open. You know, Atlanta's trying to figure themselves out, and Carolina's trying to figure out what they have. Tampa might be blowing this thing up and going into full rebuild now. And uh, now the Saints, they still need a head coach. So it's um, interesting, and I'll just kind of segue into that because what we have is we talked to Mickey Loomis on Wednesday, and so real good insight on the coaching search. So they've, they've interviewed three coaches so far. They've had – Doug Peterson, they've had Aaron Glenn and uh, Brian Flores. And so still on the docket is Dennis Allen. You still have mm-hmm. Darren Rizzi. Um, you're supposed to have Brian left, which I'm, I was hearing that that's kind of a little bit jammed up right now and just kind of playing the waiting game. And there's uh, I've heard there might be another mystery candidate and such. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But listen, um, you know, before we get into the Saints coach stuff, and again, I, you know, we're, we're pretty – free flowing here and I'm not a script type guy or anything like that, but look, mm-hmm. Terrence, both of you and me, we're, we're both minorities. Right. And the stuff that's yep. come out with Brian Flores, um, just kind of your thoughts and just what you have seen and kind of the reaction across the NFL after it. Well, my, my reaction to it was first of all, my first reaction to the night before this news even came out, how did he get fired anyway? You know, mm. that was my first reaction once the season was over and he got fired. Yeah. So yeah. to me, that was skeptical to me because I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen a coach be that successful, especially in his last two seasons, and get fired, you mm. know. And so that's the first thing I was thinking. And then once all the news broke, of course, you know, do I believe it? I do believe it. I do. I do think that it came from somewhere. I just don't think he would make something up. Right. that drastic you know if it wasn't true didn't have any truth to it and the fact that it that I feel like it doesn't matter how much truth is to it if there's truth to it I feel like it's it's crazy and it's unheard of especially with the part about throwing games mm. getting paid to getting paid to throw games and to me that is not a players we don't tank games coaches mm. I feel like coaches don't tank games at at all either because the reason why players and coaches don't tank games is because it's too hard week to week the preparation that these coaches go through getting there five o'clock in the morning sometimes not leaving till late at night and then the players the physical strain and the mental strain that you go through during the week just prepare for one team you know it's too hard to do all that preparation just to lose you know so Mm. the tanking situation to me that's unheard of that management uh would would be on that page that will want the tank regardless of what your record look like regardless of who's the next guy that's that's coming out of the draft 
you know, you owe it for your coaches and your team and your players, you know, to give everything you have and for for them to, to want to pay coach to tank. You know, I, I never seen anything like that before. And it definitely has to change. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird, right? I mean, I think that's the, the thing is it's just bizarre. And again, the, the truth is going to come out one way or another. And an NFL taking a stance they did is not a good look either. You know what I'm saying? And just mm-hmm. kind of like, I mean, this is a real problem. I mean, Mike Tomlin's the only black head coach around here, right? And exactly. you've got minority in Ron Rivera and then you got Robert Sala. I mean, you know, but at the same time, it's just you talk about it and man, you know, it's easy for people to listen or hear and see, and then just think it's, Oh, that couldn't happen, but man, it happens every single day. And so, I mean, what I could tell you about Flores is, you know, look, Mickey had amazing things to say about Flores. He said he was exceptional interviewed extremely well and he did a fantastic job and he was forthcoming. I mean, he let him know about the lawsuit too. So it's not like he was trying to hide things and such. And so yeah. look, it's a, um, a crazy time. And I think the biggest thing about him is in any coach and you talk about tanking games, but there's no tomorrow. Um, there's no promise for tomorrow or promise the next year. You know what I mean? And so exactly. you have a bad showing or you something like that, that could take you off the radar as a coach. It could take you off of so many different things And these players. I mean, they have reasons to play and different things like that. And you've seen disgruntled players in the past or disgruntled coaches in the past, but you know, <laughs> I was joking with somebody. I was mildly joking to say this, but you look mm-hmm. at the USFL, they only have eight coaches and two of them are, are African-American. I mean, they got a better yeah. ratio in the NFL. I mean, it's kind of crazy. That's true. So, look, I, I would say it's a, a very hot button. And I think um, this has obviously been a problem for a long time. And this Rooney rule is not working out. Yeah. And, and, and one thing about it is I'm, I'm thankful that he's stepping up and he's taking the stand. And he knows the repercussions that may come from it. it he may not mm-hmm. ever be able to get a job coaching anymore. And he, he said that. But as me, me being a minority, uh, I'm thankful that he's stepping up to the plate to kind of try to put it into this and make it more aware of what's going on. Because we all knew it was a, we always knew it was it was part of not just the NFL, but corporate America anyway. You know, when mm. it comes to these things, you know, but for him to step up and really put his career on the line for the betterment of of minorities when it comes to coaching, uh, I'm thankful for it. And I'm quite sure everybody else is thankful for it because uh, it's definitely an issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah, no doubt. And hopefully it does get addressed. I mean, we've seen all these scandals and things that happen and, you know, you got to set an example. I mean, NFL has got a lot of eyes on it now. And I mean, this is only just going to blow up and look, I mean, you talk about the George Floyd situation, you talk about just anything that's happened over the years. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's a, it's a, this is a powder keg and it's just a people live in a world where, you know, it, this is just kind of the norm, I guess, in some aspects. And so, I, I mean, I, I'm just happy to say I'm a man of faith and, you know, I'm just happy to see things that, that God sees and Jesus sees because man, I, it's a, you know, cling to that, but just the fact that, you know, I, I know this earth, this earth is just temporary and stuff, but, you know, without going mm-hmm. too much in the weeds, but man, it's just, it's a hard space to be in, especially, you know, my boys are, are half Hispanic and my, my wife is white and stuff. And, you know, she mm-hmm. understands, she sees everything too with my boys and just me too. It's just, um, yeah, it's a tough space to be in, but, you know, I, I hope the best for, for Flores and, you know, saints, I, I think in, in talking to Mickey and, just the way they're looking at, you know, I think Flores has a great chance. I think Peterson has a great chance, but for me, I think Dennis Allen's got to still be the front runner. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with that uh, because he's shown that he could step up and be a head coach. I mean, maybe he hasn't shown it for an entire season, but when he's needed to step up uh, because of the absence of, of our coach, you know, he steps up and does an amazing job. And he's he's been around the league for a while. Uh, and also, you know, he's, he's been a different team. So he, he knows the landscape of what it takes to be a head coach. And I think he's, to me, he has to be the front runner, I think. Yeah, and I think the thing is, obviously, they know where it's at. I mean, Mickey said that they, they're not blowing this thing up. This roster is not going any, you know, they don't, they want to compete. And I feel like they're mm-hmm. just a couple pieces away. And, you know, they're going to have some interesting decisions to make. And, and I think some of that's going to come when they get a, a new coach in, in place. But, you know, look, you got to figure out who your quarterback's going to be first and foremost. And you got to get some wide receivers in this building. I mean, I think if you can do that, I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard to make a decision on Toronto Armstead. You might have to let Quan Alexander walk. But defensively, you know, you can keep Marcus Williams on a franchise tag. You can sign him to an extension. I think they got plenty of time to get this thing done. But, you know, defense is mainly going to be intact. And, you know, mm-hmm. even if Quan walks, you still got Pete Warner. You drafted him last year in the second round. So he could potentially start alongside Demario Davis. But offensively, you got tons of question marks. And I think when you look across the positions – you know, maybe you have four or five definitive starters there. You know, we got Alvin, you got Michael Thomas, and I believe everything there. Like, I wouldn't buy into any of this trade hype or that he's unhappy. I think he's he's eager to compete. But, man, mm-hmm. if, again, you look at how things are going in Tampa and the Saints, I joke, but if they can get a good quarterback and upgrade that wide receiver talent and steep, still play strong defensively, they can still run this division. And I think they can almost assure themselves of playoff spots for the next couple of years. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Uh, like I said, we definitely need to get some receivers and figure out what we're going to do at the quarterback position. But not only, not only as, as a coaching staff or, or getting the right players in, the guys that were here last year, even though our defense was amazing this year, this past year, when guys go into training camp, they we have to understand as players that just because defensively we were successful last year, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen this year because we got the same guys coming back. Each year right. is a new right. year. You know, each year is a new year. And we have to, when we go into training camp, we have to have that same focus, uh, if not even more, than we had going to training camp last year. Because in order to get back to this level, it's sacrifice that has to be made and work has to get put in. And as players, we can't just be like, okay, well, we was good last year. We're going to be good this year. It, mm. it, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't yep. work that way. You still have to put work in. You still have to sacrifice. And it's still going to be some hard, tough dog days that you got to go through to get back to being successful because it's not just going to happen just because we have the same guys on the roster. Yeah, and that's why the first several weeks of the season don't mean anything. I mean, they do, but they don't. You know what I mean? Like, who cares if you get off to a five and zero start and you can fall apart. And some of that could be luck. Some of that could be whatever. But, you know, I remember the COVID year, you know, the saints were getting torched in the secondary, you know, giving up a lot of big explosive plays, deep balls, all this type of stuff. And, you know, because everybody thought, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins comes in, he, everything's going to be perfect. Right. Because he's back mm-hmm. and he works with Marcus Williams after you lose Von Bell. And, you know, it wasn't a perfect product. It was a little struggle bus at the beginning and, you know, they found their identity, but again, it's going to be the same way as they're going to have to figure out some things and find their identity. They're going to have to uh, really just figure out how to, to win again. And I think they do, they can, they can definitely do it, but offensively, if you can get some 
<laughs> gets us the better, better product there. Uh, it's going to take a lot of pressure off that defense to have to be perfect. And so I think they can do it. And look, I think expecting to be active in free agency. I think they're going to be, you know, there's a, all eyes on, on the draft, obviously, in that process. Saints have probably about 20 plus people here. Right. And, you know, I saw mm-hmm. Curtis, Curtis Johnson in the stands, you scouting some people and see mm-hmm. all the Saints scouts there, your coaching staffs here. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. It's a senior bowl and it's a crazy atmosphere in mobile, but you know, it's, it's not that far from new Orleans and it kind of feels like a, almost a home type thing vibe because, you know, Saints are closest team here and um, mm-hmm. you know, it's nothing to walk down the street or walk around or go to a restaurant, you know, like, Jack Del Rio walks into a restaurant the other day. <laughs> I walk by, there's Terry Fontenot, you know, there's all these mainstream media guys, there's Rap Sheet, there's Albert Breer, there's all these guys that you meet, and it's it's just a great experience down here. But, you know, talk about maybe just a little bit about, you know, look, for you, it's a little bit different, obviously, because uh, being undrafted is a little bit different. But, you know, what was your preparation like? Did you worry much about it? And just talk about some of the pressure there's on some of these college athletes right now, just because all eyes are on you. You got 32 teams that probably interview you, and you pretty much have to, like, you almost have no margin for error, right? That's true. So when, when I was coming out of college, uh, I didn't go to the Senior Bowl, but this was when the Blue-Gray Bowl was still going on. Remember the Blue-Gray Bowl? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the Blue-Gray Bowl was kind of the bowl under the Senior Bowl, and that's what I went to. And like you, you feel the pressure because you know you have the – you got the college scouts, not college, but the, the NFL scouts are looking. Uh, and so every play, you got pressure on yourself. Every play is, is a big play because regardless of what happens, somebody's – you're being evaluated regardless. Uh, reg- everything you do, you're being evaluated. When you're stretching, you're being evaluated. Uh, just – your warm-up is being being evaluated. Everything is being evaluated out there, one-on-ones, you know, so you're just out there and you can easily put too much pressure on you than you need to put on you. But one thing you have to do is just understand, listen, this is football. Uh, you're there for a reason. You're there because you're talented. Uh, so just go out there and let your talent show. And that is what, that is something that, that I had to realize. Somebody had to talk with me about. I had to realize, like, listen, you're supposed to be here. You know, you're talented. Go out there and let it show and do what you do all the time. And and that kind of relaxes you when you just kind of put things in perspective and not just get overwhelmed with all the coaches that's there or the GMs that's there, or the scouts that's there. You know, just go out there and have fun, play football, but understand you got to be focused. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean, you're going to have a lot of this, and this is part of it, right? You got the scouting combine um, or the NFL combine. You know, that's a, a big deal there. And then – you know, East West Shrine Bowl, all these types of things. I mean, I'm glad that they have all these different things because especially the HBCU Bowl, you know, or the mm-hmm. the combine there. And I mean, it's just good because, I mean, you got to think about it. You're 32 teams. I mean, I'm glad that they've expanded the practice rosters, uh, practice squad rosters, but there's only so many jobs that you can get, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. you know, everybody's favorite cliche, not for long and such. I mean, there's a lot of things that come up and man, I, I just, it's good to see some of these guys play well. Um, you know, I think for me, Malik Willis out of Liberty, he's been pretty impressive. Uh, Trey McBride out of Colorado State, a tight end. Saints could use a tight end. He's looked really good. Um, you know, he's probably going to be a, a day one pick for sure. And, uh, you know, just some of the receivers here uh, looking at, like, since he's Alec Pierce. I mean, there's just going to be so many that get all these reps. And, you know, yesterday was a little bit challenging because of the weather. But, you know, you also got to see a lot of the – 
the the players how they brave some of these elements and so like Velas Jones Jr. was a good one and Kenny Pickett has a lot of pressure on him too but you know as a, as a quarterback from Pitt and I mean there's a lot of these guys that do look extremely well and you know it's, it's when you go to the senior bowl there's two teams and there's a lot of players and there's a lot of media I mean there's there's probably I don't know I don't know, maybe over a thousand people and they're playing in university of South Southern Alabama, which is a beautiful stadium, by the way, but man, it's just mm-hmm. a, uh, it's a crazy process of how things come together and just, you know, I guess kind of a, a hat tip to how far things have come across the NFL when it comes to how serious it is for taking, uh, getting these guys to the next level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, the NFL is doing a great job. Uh, and one thing I can always say uh, when you in college, if you have talent, usually the NFL is going to find you if you have talent. They're, they will find you uh, regardless what college you're at. You know, it could be a small college, HBCU college. It doesn't matter. If you're talented, the NFL will find you. The scouts will find you at least give you an opportunity uh, if you're talented and if they feel like you have the opportunity to play. It really doesn't matter about the school. Because I played against guys and played with guys that come from smaller schools, you know, so – uh, that's one thing I can say about the NFL. It doesn't matter what college you're from. Uh, it's all about what you do once you get there. Uh, so you just got to keep putting the work in, especially with all the, the different resources we have going on now, uh, especially in the day's time. So, you know, it, once you get there, it's not about how you get there. It's what, it's what you do once you get there. Absolutely. And so I look forward to even more, you know, and um, obviously it's just short, simple size. You'll be at the the combine too. And, I mean, it'll be interesting how things come together. And so, look, it's a it's an exciting time to say the least. And you know, for the Saints, I would think they're going to pull it, put their quarterback decision. It'll probably be, I would think, after the Super Bowl, maybe before. I mean, I just feel like that's the point. But I, again, Mickey's talked about it. It's it's really one of those things where they're they're taking their time because they want to get this right. And you know, I think the biggest things is, you know, I don't think this is a long drawn out process. I don't think they have to look at doing a. Uh, long second interview and stuff. I think they can get everything they need from everything in just one interview. And that's something Loomis had had talked about is that, you know, we don't have to have those looks and he's made it a point to make sure that all these interviews are in person. There's no zoom craziness or anything like that, but look, it's a exciting time for the saints and man, I I am excited to see what direction they go. I'm excited to see who the next guy is. That way you can figure out who the next quarterback is and then what they can do in wide receiver and, Oh, by the way, this team is going to be playing one of their home games in, in London next next week or next year, I'm told. So um, uh, that'll be exciting in Tottenham, or Tottenham, excuse me. And so one of their home games and that'll be a, a fun affair um, going across the pond. Never been personally, but that mm-hmm. might be a little bit pricey, too. So I don't know <laughs> if I can be on a plane for nine, ten hours, but we'll see. I mean, you're going to have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, that's going to be that's going to be a great trip over there. Uh, when I was in New Orleans, my last year in New Orleans, uh, we actually played in London. We San played Diego, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. we played the Chargers. Yep. So that was a good experience somewhat. But it looked crazy. I'm about to tell you a quick story. So when I was in New Orleans, um, I had just – I think this was 08. It was 08. I had got released. And then once I got released, I was home in North Carolina. And they had to play Charlotte the next week. So, like, listen, okay, we want you to uh, – we're going to pick you back up. Just meet us in Charlotte. So, I met the team in Charlotte. And then from Charlotte, we flew to London. We flew to <laughs> London. And 
Wow. So, so we get to London and, you know, something happened in London and we needed to make some, make a roster move. Uh, I think an old lineman got hurt. We need, he came back or the kicker got hurt and came back. So I was in London, but I didn't play in the game in London because I had got released in London. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but it was for, it was for to make a roster move, you know, because they mm. needed an extra lineman to come in because somebody had got hurt or something like that. So I was just that guy, but I still enjoyed London. Uh, I was still able to go to the game, you know, enjoy my teammates and different things like that. But, that was a crazy trip, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed London, but it was just a crazy trip. It was crazy. Yeah, I can about imagine. I, I, my, <laughs> my father and stuff, he's been to, to London before, and it's always a, like a bucket list dream to go across and go – because the only other out-of-country really I've been is Jamaica for my honeymoon, and that was, mm-hmm. that was nice. That was beautiful, but things are a little bit different over there. But, hey, man, it's, uh, it's, it'll be worth it, so – well, Terrence, you got anything to plug? Anything going on in your world that we should all know about and all the fans? You know, just uh, I'm at the, the Premier Sports Academy here in, here in Winterville, North Carolina, where we're training a lot of athletes. Uh, look us up. You can look us up uh, on Facebook, Instagram, the Premier Sports Academy. Uh, if you're in the area, stop by. Uh, also, also, always give us, a, give us a listen at Believe in Saints, you know, and there we go. Nice. Well, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll see about another head coaching spot. And then obviously we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and see who's going to be the favorite and who's going to win. So guys, we thank you for tuning in Uh, again. What Terrence said, follow us at believe in saints. And we want to thank bet online for producing today's show. Thanks guys. Have a good one. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.